Today I'm going to take a few moments to teach you about the principle of supernatural expectation. The principle of supernatural expectation. I'll do part one today and I'll do probably part two next week. Father, we just thank you for family. Thank you for our natural family. We thank you for our spiritual family. And today all around this sanctuary, you can just see family. God, we pray for all of our family members traveling on vacation. We pray for Paul Richardson who had a knee replacement. And I know he's doing better and better, better. And we just thank you, God, for moving in our lives, moving in this service. And we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we had some birthday boys and girls this week, I hear. I know Tracy, she turned 29 this week, I think it was. Amen. Michael Avery turned 60, uh, 50. <laughs> He's a big 5 now. Woo! Anybody else have a birthday this week? Hey, man, you two must be really special. You're the only ones that had birthdays this week. The principle of supernatural expectation. <clears throat> Say this, the principle of supernatural expectation. One more time, the principle of supernatural expectation. You know, it's like every time I go, whether it's California or Houston, over there with Pastor Toy and his great church all week, you need to go online and watch those messages. We've, we've been invited not only to go visit and, and be at a conference with Bishop Oyedipo, but we've been invited already to go over there and preach at some events and stuff. We're just praying about it. But, uh, man, this lady, Miss Funke, her name's F-U-N-K-E, they pronounce it Funke, Oh, my goodness. Whew. She's written over 50 books. You want to get on her? She was at Pastor Toye's conference. <clears throat> so just get on YouTube. They can show you how to tell you which pages. <clears throat> uh, it was powerful. But every time I go there, because the first year I went, four years ago to minister there, miracles broke out. And so now Michael and him can testify. When I show up, it's just like miracles just happen. And we had a lady at... <clears throat> was partially blind or totally blind or almost blind in one eye and she's in the choir and really bad sight eyesight glasses her whole life god just instantly right there healed everything of her and she is in the choir a middle-aged lady and gave her testimony we had other miracles signs and wonders but there's such you see that stuff right but a lot of people don't get to see the manifestation of it like you guys do and we don't ever want to let that become ordinary because whatever is ordinary to you whether it's coming and being part of a church family, a marriage, a relationship, a job, a ministry, whatever becomes ordinary, be careful. Sooner or later, you might replace it with something or someone else. <clears throat> Amen? When things that one time stood out to you and were something you know God put in your life, and then all of a sudden when you let that supernatural thing God gave you become ordinary, be careful. Sooner or later, you'll replace it with something or someone else. <clears throat> and so what I want you to realize today, we're talking about <clears throat> expectation. The principle of supernatural ex expectation is only supernatural. Listen to this expectation. Your expectation only becomes super when you put super on the natural, right? Supernatural. But here's the key. When it's based on the promises of God. When it's based on the word of God, when it's based on the logos and the rhema of God, 
John 1.1, 1, 1, what in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We go on down in that chapter, and the Word was manifested there with us being Jesus, right? <clears throat> and what I want you to realize is, as you begin to focus and cherish the Word of God and the promises within, and you begin to trust in those <clears throat> and act out on those and live through those, that's when the supernatural expectation kicks in. <clears throat> so you can turn the AC off up here. It's kind of hitting my throat. <clears throat> and so what I want you to understand with that is <clears throat> it's supernatural only when, right, different than your natural expectation, when you know and trust the promises of God. Ephesians six seventeen says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, what, which is what the word of God. Now the Greek, that, that was in Greek as Aramaic, translated into Greek and then into English <coughs> through King James and so on. But the word there for word in the Greek is rhema. Everybody say rhema. And rhema means the spoken word of God for now. Everybody say for now. <coughs> the spoken word of God for now. Say it one more time. The spoken word of God for now. Well, what is faith? Hebrews 11, 1. What? what? Now? What, what's faith again? Now faith is what the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, now word, now promises, that initiates and gives you a whole other realm of momentum in your life, spiritual momentum that will affect everything in the natural, and it will start putting the super on your natural life because it accelerates the, the manifestation of the promises of God. <clears throat> so we see that whenever we have a now promise, so logos, the other Greek word for uh, word is this. It means the sum total of the person, personality, and purpose of Jesus. The sum total of who Jesus is, his purpose, and his personality, which carries his attributes. He's omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, and all omnipotent, all-powerful. So omnipresent. So then what happens is when we take that, and that is where the rhema comes from. The rhema comes from Jesus, the word, and also the written word throughout the Bible, inspired by God. And whenever we get a rhema word, a what now word from God, that he spoke through his spirit, and it becomes alive to you. What is revelation? Revelation is the revealed word of God, something you had covered up, you didn't see, you didn't know. It's been, maybe you knew it and didn't, haven't paid attention to it and put it on the back burner. Now you need it. Revelation is the revealed word of God. It's God's word directly to you. And it will always, if it's from God, some way, somehow line up with his word, the logos and the rhema of God. And a revelation is what? It comes through the realm of rhema from the logos. And what is that? That is the word of God for what? The now. Everybody say the now. Not tomorrow, not next week. Ray gave a great illustration of how vision comes to pass and how things manifest. And that comes what? From a rhema word of the Logos. So what is the rhema word of God for you? It's a specific word to you at a specific time for a specific purpose. 
It's a specific word for you at a specific time for a specific purpose. That doesn't mean it's going to happen that day. Sometimes it does. But you know so much. You're so certain of it that just as you know your name, that it's going to manifest because you know that you know it came from God and it lines up with his logos and his rhema. Can anybody say amen? So today we're going to dive into this for a little bit. So here's what it says. So what you the premise that you need to get today is what? The premise is the principle of supernatural expectation is only released through what? God's promises, his rhema and his logos in our life. Through God's logos and rhema, through what? The promises which are in the word of God. Mark 9, 23, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him or them who believe. Whenever we believe in Jesus and his word, he releases his attributes in our now life. And what happens is when you believe Jesus and his word, the natural expectation is a good thing, but now you're moving over into supernatural expectation, which is what? Based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. When he said it's finished, when he came, he lived, he died, he was crucified. He shed his blood so that we could be saved. He took the stripes on his back, Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2, 24. And Mark chapter 8 said he took the stripes on his back. What? Not only for your emotional healing and all that, but also for your physical healing. By his stripes, what? It says you were healed. And when you begin to understand that he is the finished work, of everything with God. And as we tap into what he said about us, the whole premise of supernatural, Mark, Pastor Mark, Elder Mark did a great job. Didn't he last week? And then David did a great job too. Just give a big hand for the men and women of God we have that minister here. So proud of them. But what happens is it's to, when you begin to base things on what Jesus said, what are you going to do in John 14 where he says, you're not only going to do the works I've done. You're going to do greater works than these. Healing the, 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 the widow's son that was on the, they were having a funeral and on the way to, to bury him in a tomb and he touched him and he was healed. Raised him from the dead, raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, that's the basis. In Hebrews, it said, here's the basics and the foundation of what you need to be. Heal the sick, raise the dead, set the captives free, save the lost. That, that, that's the basis of Christianity. I said, somebody, that's the basis of Christianity. But until you have supernatural expectations based on the finished work of Christ, you never tap into the greater one who's inside you than what you're facing out around you. Holy Spirit is here to serve the word of Jesus. God is the one that gives the power of the authority. Jesus, it says in 2 Corinthians 12, is the one that administrates what's going to be done. And Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, is the one that manifests it out and operates in what Jesus gives him the authority to administer. Well, what what does Jesus, is Jesus talking about me? Honey, he's already talked about you. He came and died for you and rose again so you could be saved and go to heaven and not go to hell. But even though that's such a great truth, the problem is once people get that, they think that's all there is. That's my insurance. I'm going to heaven. Instead of 
what Jesus said when he prayed, <clears throat> it'll be what on how it be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth, what as it is in heaven. Jesus wants you to experience heaven on earth. And the only way you can experience heaven on earth is when you expect the kingdom of heaven in you. Well, well, where is the kingdom? Jesus said the kingdom is here and in you right now. That was before they received Holy Spirit. He was prophesying his word and saying it's as good as done because I said it, it will happen. It's just like when Jesus was at the wedding and he didn't, he didn't feel his time to move. But all of a sudden his mother put a demand on him and said they're out of wine. So they had the, the cheat, and they said, so what happened? He said, woman, it's not time for that. But she put a demand on him anyway. I don't know how much it accelerated the process that he had to do, but he honored that, and he, he in himself, he said, okay, then I need to accelerate this, and he made water into wine. And the hosts, uh, other people say, well, usually people give the best wine at the beginning of the ceremony and give the bad, cheap old wine at the end because everybody's pretty well wasted anyway. Instead, you gave the good wine, the best wine at the end. You know why it's the best? Because Jesus is the best. Amen. Can anybody say? He is the rhema. He is the logos. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the ending. Mm. Can anybody say amen this morning? <clears throat> The word expect means to look forward to, to be pregnant with, <clears throat> to await the birth of one's child, to anticipate or look forward to com a coming or an occurrence that we're anticipating. We expect them now. So whenever we have expectancy, what's it say? What you are expecting. I want to ask you today, what are you expecting? Are you expecting to be impregnated with the rhema of God? Are you expecting God's word to work out for you? Are you expecting things to go right or to go wrong? Are you expecting things to go better for you or worse for you? Are you expecting to receive an increase or decrease to get the job or to get laid off from the job? Are you expecting to be overcoming or are you expecting to be defeated? Are you expecting for restoration or destruction? Are you expecting to be healed or to stay sick? Are you expecting to be prosperous or to be bankrupt? What are you expecting? <clears throat> Well, you don't know, preacher. It's happened this way for me my whole life. Because you don't have any super on your natural. Well, that's for you preachers and all you other people. No. Jesus said he's no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. He took a poor, ignorant fisherman and had him be the one to impart revelation to the Jewish leaders and rabbis and priests and the people that were part of the kingdom already. And then he took an educated highly educated and politically set man and wealthy man named Saul who became Paul to minister to those with less uh, uh, education and wealth and so on. So God says, I take the foolish to confound the wise. Why does he take the foolish to confound the wise? Because he don't want anyone else to get the credit for the price he paid for you and I. Everybody say, it is finished. By his stripes, I am healed. It is finished. Greater is he who's in me than he who is in this world. It is finished. 
Say, no weapon formed against me can prosper. It is finished. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above. I am not beneath. It is finished. By his stripes, I'm healed. It is finished. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, the disciples, remember there in Mark and also Matthew's gospel, when he goes by and he goes up to that poor little fig tree, it wasn't even its season. It had leaves, but no fruit, no figs. And he walked up to it. He expected figs. He commanded it to die. They walked off to the next little event, come back 24 hours later, and the disciples said, oh, my goodness, not only is the tree dead, it's dead all the way through the roots. He said, well, Master, what, what's up with this? How? And he said, oh, my goodness. If you only had faith. If you only had faith, what? Knowing and trusting God. If you only have faith, now faith. Faith is not in the future. That's hope. Faith is not in the past. That's that's." That's a loss already. Faith, everybody say, is now. Now faith is the substance of what the mountain you're hoping to move in your life. And he said, if you only had faith in your heart and believed, you could speak to that mountain, Epo, declare to that mountain, and command it to move, not just move wherever you wanted or in the sea. He said, all you got to do is speak. Now, when it says, if you have faith, it's not just faith. The, the actual translation in Greek says, not if you have faith in God. It says, if you have the faith of God. When you don't have faith for yourself, that's your strongest point. That's when you trust the faith of God. That's when you get in his word and see what God said about you, what God said about your situation, what God said about your family, what God said about your finances, what God said about your health, what God said about your future, what God said about your destiny, what God said about your victory, what God said about the soon coming king that's going to be so proud of you when he sees you and meets you and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. What are you expecting? Same old stuff? Little bit here, little bit there? What are you expecting? If you don't expect something that you can't create on your own, then it's not supernatural. It's good work. Supernatural is when something manifests that I'm putting my effort like Ray and Kenya did. They don't have 150,000 coming, they, but they sowed a seed and they stood on a seed. You can pray for finances all you want. God does not increase your finances through your prayers. You got to do what the promise said. The promise said, sow and you will reap some 30, some 60, some 90, some 100. The, the promise says that if you will tithe, Yet you, you will not be robbing God. And he said, what? He will open windows of heaven. Your wealth can come through windows you don't even know exist yet. And says, not only will it come through the windows of heaven, but pour out a blessing on you that there's not room enough to contain. In other words, you're going to have to start digging ditches and adding banks to your account because you're going to have such wealth and prosperity that God wants for you. There he is preaching on that wealth. Honey, I'll take yours too. Preach it on that prosperity. I'll take your prosperity. Just leave it laying there. I'll pick it up. You want to live the way you've been living? Go on. Don't blame it on me. 
Feel sorry for yourself. Make excuses why you don't tithe, why you don't give, why you don't pray for healing, why you don't believe. You got to, many of us have a greater revelation of our medication and we can even announce the generic name, which is worse than the marketed name. But we don't even know what Mark 16 says. We don't even know what Hebrews 11, 1 says. But boy, we sure know our medications. Say, I'll show me, I guess. I don't know. Hallelujah. One of my all-time favorite scriptures, and I haven't shared it in a while, is out of James 1, 17 and 18. When I found this scripture, Mark, it was like I just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I grabbed this scripture. I said, that's been in the Bible? For years, I spoke this over my, for years, every time I needed something, I just go back to this scripture. Why? Every good and what? Perfect gift is from above. Cancer's not from above. Debt and poverty is not from above. Broken homes and broken families is not from above. If it's good and it's perfect, it comes from above. Coming down from what? Who? The Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Jesus said he is the truth and the life. And we were born through his price and his atonement and through him, the word. And as we were born through him, the word, what happened? When we were born through him, the word, what did it do? It manifested salvation. It manifested you as sons and daughters, not servants and slaves, not even friends, but say, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Verse 18, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That we might be, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Well, Jesus was there in Genesis 1, we know, and the Holy Ghost, because whenever God said he created man, he said, we created man. So I created man in my own image, in our own, our own likeness, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Have we created them, both male and female, what? To sit around until I come back and tend my garden? No. To be in charge of everything that crawls and flies and is on the earth. To go forth to subdue, to take over. God didn't call you to sit around a church pew. This is where you get your marching orders, you get your revelation, you get your fire, you get your impartation. So you can go take the world for Jesus. Hmm. I love what the Amplified says in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift, free, large, and full, Gift is from above the Father of God. Woo. So, so you say, well, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, God picks a lily. I about throw up when I hear poor little preachers make an excuse for their lack of faith. Please stop doing that to families at funerals if you do that. If one of my guys or gals ever do it, I'd never let you preach another funeral until I heard you quote scripture for about a year. I ain't playing. You don't play with people dying on a hospital bed. You don't play with families grieving over a loved one that's no longer with them. Well, the Lord just chose to pick another lily. How many young men and women go to hell because they're like, why is he going to pick my mama instead of this other crazy woman over here? And now, why would I believe in a God like that would take a great sister or a great brother or a great child? Come on, people. That's a life in a pit of hell. There's tragedies we can't explain. 
then don't explain it. Shut up and say what Jesus said. Talk about grace. Talk about love. Talk about hope. If you don't know it, don't say it. My first preaching lesson from Pastor Art, great Nazarene preacher. So here's what you do, son. I said, what? He said, don't ever preach anything you don't know. I said, well, I don't know much, Pastor Art. I've been saved two and a half years. And he said, the second thing you do, never pick one scripture out. Read the one before it and one after it with it. That was my marching orders. But he was a studier and a great man of the word and mentored me. But the just little things like that. If I don't know it, I'm just going to shut up about it. You don't, you can't explain everything that went on in your life. Just the Bible says, the first Christians says, we know in part and we see in part. But in that day, what day? The day you're in heaven, you'll know all things. What's that mean? Trust God. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And what? All these things will be added unto you. If you need a thing, seek first the kingdom of heaven and righteousness. Well, I guess I'll just never sin. Oh, you'll sin. Who doesn't? You'll sin less and you'll have more revelation. Righteousness is not about not doing something or doing something. Righteousness is about being who you are in Christ in right standing as a son or daughter with God and being a child of the king and walking in your kingdom authority and walking in the kingdom vision he has for you and the rhema he spoke over you and the word he's spoken over you. That's what righteousness is. Right standing in God as his son, as his, like he said, you are like the first fruits of his creation. That means if Adam and Eve dominate anything that flies anything that crawls or anything on this earth and they're to go forward and subdue and take over then so are you that was his first creation you're at least equal with that Hmm. hallelujah you know I get a little tough with my boys sometimes when I really want them to get something they okay pop I'm sorry I know it's a little over top you pops no I got because they know my heart. I said, don't you, what do you think? No, don't. They'll give me that look. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Oh, Pops, we know it's okay. We needed that. And sometimes you just got to say, Pops, it's okay. I needed that. Because I'm the spiritual father of this house. You got to know my heart. I know I'm aggressive right now. Because mine and uh, Elder Mark's whole vision for this month is to take you back to your spiritual DNA in God. To take you back to what? Your identity in Christ. If you can get the identity of Christ in you, there's not one mountain you can't move. There's not one thing you can't overcome that God told you to do. Problem is, a lot of people try to do a bunch of things. God didn't say a word about it. Sally Sue's doing it. Well, you're Billy Joe. Shut up and do what he told you. Well, he told me to sit here and be quiet and wait. Then sit there and be quiet and wait. But I'm called. Called to What? Called to who? I'm a leader. Look over your shoulder. Anybody following you? Promise you, if you wait on him, you'll have a greater calling and greater leadership and greater opportunities than you could ever have on your own. I'd rather go from expectation to supernatural expectation while I'm keeping my mouth shut, sitting and waiting. And trusting God and feeding myself on the word of worship and loving people. Versus trying to make something happen. I've tried to make stuff happen. It's not fun. Oh, that's right. I'm about to wind down. I've wound up. 
Again, trusting in God's promises establishes supernatural expectation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all, everybody say all. All, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. What does amen mean? So be it. It's finished. It's done. God said it. Amen. Amen. It's done. God said it. Look at this now. For all, somebody say all, the promises of God in him are yes and in him are amen. What to the glory of God, the manifested presence of God through us. If anybody's going to get, see healing, they got to see it through you. If they're going to see salvation, they see it through you. If they see deliverance, they through, see it through you. If they see someone can live a healthy, prosperous life, they're to see it through you. If they see a healthy, godly man or woman, they're to see it through you. If they see a healthy, godly family, they're to see it through you. Whatever the promise of God that's in him, and he said, greater than these you will do. Whatever he said that is in him is yes and amen to you. And the glory comes through us to the world. Can anybody say amen? amen. You, you need to just read your Bible and read it about yourself. And, and a lot of places in my Bible, I just put me or Dalton or Marion. Because I'm like, I, I need to make sure that I understand this is not just a word God's throwing out there. He directed this toward me. Verse 21, it says, Now he who establishes us, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us. It's finished sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. God is guaranteeing it. You know, a will and a testament is no good to the person's deceased. And at the end of your Bible, it talks about that being the will and testament, let no other word be added into it. Everything God said through the inspired word of God, everything Jesus said, you need to understand that's about you. Say, that's about me. Say, that's my promise. The great commission is not commission, it's co-mission. The great co-mission. That whoever is saved and baptized in his name, walk shall lay hands on the sick, deliver cast out devils, you know, raise the dead shall, uh, you know, no deadly things shall harm them. They'll go forth and preach the gospel with what? Signs following them. That's why the glory of God comes through you and they see the signs. That's where the glory is. When you have supernatural expectation about what God said about you and still says about you because he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you get that understanding in you, you will go, you will have crazy faith. And what will happen is all of a sudden, when you pray for the sick, they're healed. When you pray for the broke, they're blessed. When you pray for the broken, their their families healed and all that. What happens is that's how the glory is seen when a sign follows you because you operated, you let God and his word operate through you. I, a lot of people, how you do this? I don't do 
I go in and I'm going up there and they're expecting miracles. You know, I could put, if I was younger, I could put pressure on myself. But I, I figured out a long time ago it don't have anything to do with me other than being obedient and being crazy enough to say, yes, Lord. <laughs> okay, I'll call that blind person out. We had a lady in Pastor Isaac's church in a wheelchair. She got up and walked back and forth three or four times. Member of the church. Well, I just prayed over and commanded her to get up. She got up, didn't she? And walked. And I just started talking to her, walking with her. I don't know, two or three trips, sitting on back and forth. And everybody just, they couldn't hardly clap. They just, Gertrude, that just happened. Yes, yes. But that, that, that had to do with obedience. God just said, pray for him, tear, get out of that chair. Wasn't my anointing, wasn't my gift of faith. That's the faith of God, not faith in God. We have in faith in God till we get the revelation of the faith of God. You have faith in God by trusting his promises and reading them and getting them in you and hearing words and hearing sermons and getting messages and experiencing. And then sooner or later, you're going to start operating through the faith of God. That's when you operate in the supernatural. That's when you speak to mountains in your family and they move. That's when you speak to mountains in your body and it moves. That's when you speak to mountains in your finances and it moves. When you operate in the what? Faith of God, not just faith in God. Man, he guaranteed it, didn't he? Now let me read that to you one more time. We'll pray in a minute or two. For all the promises, everybody say all. All the promises of God in him are yes and in him Amen. To what? The glory, the manifested presence of God through who? Us. Say through me. You need to write your name in that. Through me. Through Sandy. Through Katie. You see to write your name in there so you can begin to see yourself the way God sees. If we could ever see ourselves the way God sees us, we see ourselves the way the devil wants us to see. I'm a sinner. I'm weak. I have no power. I'm always getting picked on, pushed around. Of course you will, because that's what you believe. But if you start focusing on what God says, even if you don't believe it and just start speaking it, before long, you'll get crazy enough to believe it. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ, Christos, the anointed one in his anointing, and has anointed us, look, is God, who has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Holy Spirit is in you for your sake, but He's also in you, on you for the sake of others. It's not just for He's not just for you. He's for you to operate and let God's Word and promises operate through your life to bring people that are addicted to be set free, people who are in poverty to be set free, people who are lost to be set free. God's promises are defined and upheld by him, he said. Him. He gave the guarantee. Say, God gave the guarantee. That's why everybody said, the word of God says, let God be true, what? And every man be a liar. I don't care if they're a bishop, a wannabe, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, a grandma, a grandmother, a grandfather, a dad, a brother, cousin, uncle, friend, or somebody you were. I don't care who they are. If it don't line up with God and they don't repent, they're just lying. To themselves. And that's why they get what they get. And if you want to live a lie, then you just live with a bunch of people that don't know the word and try to make excuses like they know something they don't know. 
Once you look behind them and see if they've manifested any of God from them, behind them, and others. A lot of them, all they've done is establish weeds and unbelief and fear. They don't know how to motivate you through living it in front of you and demonstrating it, so they just try to scare you into heaven. I could start talking about churches, people, and everything if I wanted to right now. You know I'm a heavy metal preacher, right? Sometimes I just heavily metal. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll digress, praise God. The step, pastor said, he said, thank you, honey. God's promises are defined and upheld by him. He guarantees it. He promises health, provision, victory, deliverance, and freedom from captivity and hope for your future. God's promise, in contrast to people's ideas and what we've learned from our own experiences, have a guarantee attached to them, yes and amen, and it is sealed by God through the Holy Spirit. And there's only one way God's promises can be fulfilled through us. He glorifies himself through us fulfilling his promises. What good is it to die for it if people are not going to be getting saved? What good is it to take the beating on his back if people are not going to be healed? What good is it, you know, for him to die for our salvation or die with his blood to give us authority over demons and de demoniacs and deliver people and whatever? So what good is it if we don't manifest what he promised us and guarantees it? You know, nobody can talk you out of your salvation. But they can talk you out of your healing. Because you get so wrapped up in the facts, you don't get the truth. Jesus said, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Know the truth. What's that? The promise of God. 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. If you don't have another scripture, that's enough. You're just going to suffer if you want to. Mark teaches us this, suffering's a choice. And it's so true. Sometimes I'll just talk out loud and I'll say, stop being a little suffering weenie and buckle up. Come on, Dalton, level up. Sometimes Stephanie tells me that. She just says it a lot nicer most of the time. She can be a little, y'all see a little sweet anointed thing floating around up here? She, in my house, she's mama, man. You better, woo. She keeps us boys in line. Amen. So he glorifies himself how? By you fulfilling what he said about you both in our lives and the lives of those we touch Amen. daily expectation will turn into supernatural expectation when you focus on his promises there's a little book you can get probably get online called the promise book just get something my goodness just find a positive scripture just, just, just pick two or three out all week and speak them out loud over your life Whatever you're believing for. Daniel says this and we'll pray. Daniel eleven thirty two. Part of the second part says, but people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Does anybody know your God? The word know in the Greek means ekgnosis and it means to be known as conceiving seed or a child. To be got, it's talking about, to come together to birth something, a child. 
To know God, epnosis means that I am connected with him so intimately that he can birth his seed through me of whatever the promise he wants to birth. As a matter of fact, Galatians says Jesus was his seed. And that the seed came and died and was crushed and bruised for us. And through that seed, we get eternal life. Through that seed, we take authority with the kingdom of God and manifest it in the earth. You are the seed of Jesus. I am the seed of Jesus. It goes all the way back to being the seed of Abraham. We're those billions of stars that God showed Abram when he became Abraham and said, that's your seed, that's your descendants. You're God's seed. The question is, where are you planting yourself? Where are you planting yourself? You can run around people of unbelief. You can run around a bunch of unbelief, goofy people. There's goofy people in this church. We all got family that's goofy, don't we? I'm goofy, you're goofy, everybody's a little goofy. You need to hang around less goofy people. Try to find somebody that's closer to what you're looking to be. You know, business world says you're the sum total of five people you spend the most time with. That's true. Then, then, then well, well, won't you spend time with it? Oh, they're out of my class. Yeah, they'll, they'll always be out of your class. Because you have no class. You're at the bottom of the class. You're going to stay at the bottom of the class. You're going to die at the bottom of the class. You're going to be poor till you finally do get to heaven. And you go, what was I thinking? I could have had this on earth. Why is he talking about me and I'm poor? Because I want you to be rich. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be strong. I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to finance the work of God in your life and finance our work of God. I want you to be healed and strong where you can go out and do things for God and do exploits for God. Maybe even get your own family saved. Wouldn't that be something? Either I'm tired or just prophetic right now. I'm trying to decide there which one it is right now, guys. They'll be saying, well, Gertrude, maybe he should have stayed another week and rested. Guys, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me too. Because I have to do this to me. And Steph and I, we have to do this to one another. And our boys, it just sometimes we just get in a rut. Sometimes, man, we just get to, we experience so many things that it just seems like the promises are for other people. And sometimes we don't even want to read the promises because we feel like we're not even meeting anything close to them. But that's what God's grace is. His free gift to you is his grace. That's the seed that brought you into the kingdom. You are saved by grace through faith. Jesus, Romans 5, is grace. He's guaranteed it. He's not going to put a thought or an idea in your heart that he doesn't guarantee. But sometimes you just got to fight for the promise. All the time, usually. You know, one thing they could put on Dalton's tombstone when he's, if I'm out of here before rapture comes. Persistence, persistence, persistence. That's all I've operated my whole life. That means you're crazy enough not to quit. You might mess up, blow it up, tear it up, look like a fool, but you're crazy enough to try it one more time. Persistence is about not quitting. Doesn't mean you don't fail. 
It doesn't mean you don't get hurt. doesn't mean you don't get tired. doesn't mean that sometimes you walk through shame and walk through your own hurts and trials, but you just are crazy enough not to quit because God gave me a word in my mama's little old, little old kitchen. I guess you called it a kitchen. It wasn't very big back in those days, you know, and, 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 and it was lime green, you know, refrigerators and microwaves big as a house. You know how that was. He took me that scripture in Acts and said, I, like about David, he said, you're a man after my own heart. And you know what? There's times I'm like David. I just mess up. I think stupid. I do stupid. I am stupid in certain things. Then all of a sudden it comes back. And all of a sudden I wait a minute. I'm stupid. I'm stupid enough to do what God said. If nobody else, give it to Dalton. I'll be stupid enough to at least try it. And that's all God's asking. He's not asking you to be wisdom and genius and all the revelation. Well, I'd pray for people, but I just don't have enough revelation. Yeah, you do. He said, go forth and do it. Lay hands on a sick and they will. Just trust him. Don't peek out of one eye and they get healed. Just go on to the next one. I know Todd White, who was here, loved Todd, just, I don't know, hundreds of people were baptized in the Holy Ghost that one night he ministered here. What did he say? He prayed for all the thousand person before the first one got healed. He played for 999 people on the street and everywhere else and the thousands person. Now he's one of the greatest healing evangelists in the world. But he had to walk through 999 what other people would call failures. But it wasn't a failure to him because he just obeyed God, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Just do what, well, I didn't get that word. Yeah, you did. It's in your Bible. It's written in red. If you didn't get that word, tear John 3.16 out. You're not saved either. He didn't say the great commissions for Dalton, preachers, prophets. He said the great commission is what? Anyone who's saved and baptized shall lay hands on the sick. Shall cast out devils. Devils don't even come around me that much anymore. Takes the fun of it almost. Fun casting devils out. I think I scare the hell out of them before they get close enough to me when I'm preaching because they know I'll cast them right back to hell where they came from. I'm not playing. See, I, that's the difference between me and I. I'm crazy enough to believe that I don't have to shout and scream. Do it. I'll just say, come out in Jesus' name. I said, I told you, stop acting like that. You're done. Go back to your seat. Okay? Shut up. Go sit down. You're free. Say Jesus, Jesus. Okay, you're free. Go sit. Greater is he who is in me. Me, Dalton. Me, Dalton. You, 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 you. If you're born again, what's it say in 1 John 5 or whatever? It's the faith that we have in God that overcomes the world. When you have faith in God, well, I don't have any faith. Then you're not saved because you got to be saved by grace through faith. And I know you're saved. You just allowed the enemy to lie to you so much, got you so beat down, and you need to say, get off me. I'm going to show you. I'm going to go win somebody to the Lord today. Or I'm at least going to witness. I'm going to lay hands on somebody today. I I'm going to sow a seed today. I I I'm going to go bless somebody, buy them dinner today. I I'll show you. That's what I do. When my body's being attacked, I'm going to preach on the supernatural. When my body's being attacked, I'm laying hands on the sick. 
My finances are tech. I sow seed. Greater. Walk around your head down. Get your head up. Well, you don't understand. I may not have a place to live. I know you won't with that attitude. God's got something better. It might be a day or two away. You just need to be able to focus on greater is he who's in me than he in this world. No weapon formed against me can prosper. So if something's trying to do that, or if I did it through my own stupidity, forgive me, Lord, because I'm lazy and I didn't work. Now, Lord, give me a job and bless me. I didn't say lie to God. Be honest. Repent. Repent for your unbelief. Repent for unforgiveness. Repent for believing lies that You know, you're just supposed to get by. Living for a retirement, then you die anyway. You think the government didn't figure that out? Why do you think they keep raising Social Security age? Now I'm really meddling, aren't I? I'm not angry at you. I'm just angry at the lies you're believing. It breaks my heart. I mean, I can imagine when Jesus looks at me, and he's like, come on, Dalton, you're not even one-tenth of what I want you. But he loves me anyway. I love you anyway. And I, I want you to do more than me. I want you to be more effective in the kingdom than me. I don't care who you are. I want you to do greater things than I. That's the greatest compliment I can have. Is there testimonies like Ray and Kenya's? And you have testimonies. Say supernatural expectation. Say God's promises are guaranteed through me. Man, just take that scripture right there, verse 18 or 17 in the, in the app, and just take that one verse. James 1 or whatever it is. Just take that verse. It's all you need. You can storm the gates of hell with that verse. Yeah, but you don't understand. You know, sometimes you get attacked. Of course you get attacked. It makes you stronger because you're persistent. And you don't quit, even if it hurts, even if it don't feel good, even if they make fun. You don't quit. Cause greater. Hallelujah. Next week, I'm going to preach part two. If you're not scared, come on out. If you got to forgive me, just forgive me now. You'll be miserable all week. Just repent. Forgive me. Might as well just forgive me. I used to say it for years. I don't know how many years. You know what? You can do one or two things. You can believe me or you can get mad and leave, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And there's a lot of times I didn't tell it very eloquently. But I told it. I'm telling you the truth today. You're, you're God's guarantee for glory in this earth. You are. Not just preachers. You, we're here to build you up, Ephesians 5 says, to establish you to perfection and wholeness. We're here to build you, to edify you so you can go do this wherever you are.